This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined as always by Federico Vitici. Hey, Fraser. How are you? I'm getting by. I'm getting by. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. I think I'm finally starting to catch up on uh, the things I've left behind over the past four months. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a nice feeling. And yep. in the spirit of we're getting back to work and, you know, at least I'm getting back to work. <laughs> I know I know that <laughs> most of most of the, the people I know have been getting back to work since late August. Um, I'm, I'm getting back to what I usually do, which is writing. And I thought it would be nice to do a series of episodes about the our favorite writing apps and um, especially when it comes to writing long-form content on iOS, whether you need to write a story or a blog post or you're a student and you need to put together an essay or a paper that you need to, to submit to your school. Uh, there's a lot of options when it comes to getting serious writing done on iOS. And to kick off this mini-series, which is, you know, it's not unusual that we do this... Uh, this uh, small series of episodes on Canvas. But today we're going to take a look at Ulysses, which is possibly the premier uh, markdown uh, text editor on iOS at this point. And it's an app that I've been using for, I would say, in a serious fashion for over a year, maybe at this point. And Mm -hmm. I I have many thoughts, but as usual, uh, we'll try to offer a high-level overview of the app, if, if that's okay. Yeah, there's no way we're going to get into every detail of Ulysses. And I've, just as you were speaking there, I just realized a whole big thing that I've left out of what we're going to do today, um, which is splitting and merging sheets. But we'll get to that at some point, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of uh, ground to cover when it comes to when it comes to Ulysses. There's really uh, so many features, and one of the one of I guess to your point, one of the unique things about this app is that it looks simple and intuitive. It doesn't it doesn't overcomplicate the UI with controls and options. But if you go look for them, you're gonna find so many different features. And I realized this as I was putting together my review of iOS 11 this summer, which I did entirely, almost entirely in Ulysses. And I realized how it's not the minimal text editor that some people assume it is. Some people think that Ulysses is this, uh, you know, minimalistic writing app that you open and it's just like this blank page with some text. There's actually so much more. Uh, and I think before before we get to the uh, to all the features and the, the more advanced options, I think we, we should mention and talk about the unique nature of Markdown in Ulysses. Um, so one of the things that some people don't like about this app is that it's not a traditional text editor in the sense of you're dealing with TXT or MD plain text files that are just basically plain text that you can open anywhere. Um, Ulysses is based on this custom format. It's called, I think, the Markdown Excel, which is sort of a custom fork of Markdown uh, created by the uh, Ulysses developers. And... One of the unique advantages of this format is that it's highly based on the text bundle specification. So text bundle, if you never heard of it, it's fine because uh, it's not extremely popular in the sense of you don't see developers advertising text bundle support very often, but it's actually this um, open spec that defines this format, which is basically a collection of files 
rather than dealing with a single individual plain text document, a text bundle um, document is sort of like a zip archive that contains the text, but also files, also like reference files, like images, for example. And it's a way for apps to communicate with each other and to exchange these markdown-based, usually, documents that go beyond plain text, but that may also contain stuff like additional metadata, for example, or local image image references. And it's a way to pass around these archives that can also go for like 10, 20, 30 megabytes in size, and to retain all the formatting, all the images referenced inside the document. And in Ulysses, the, the way that you notice the text bundle integration is by... Um, taking a look at how the app deals with um, stuff like images, for example. Um, So in a regular markdown text editor, you open the app and you type some text, and if you want to add an image, the image is usually just a link to an image somewhere on the web. But in Ulysses, you can have local image attachments. And that means that in a, in a document, which is called uh, a sheet, and we're going to get to this in a minute, um, in addition to having the, to having the standard remote images uh, that are hosted somewhere on the web, uh, you can also have local image files that are embedded within the, the document that you're working with. And in the latest version of Ulysses, these local images, which are added by... Drag, drag and drop, for example, or by picking them from a native um, image picker. Um, these are local images. When they are embedded within the document, you get an inline image preview. So you actually see the image thumbnail inside the document you're currently editing, which is completely unheard of for a Markdown text editor because they don't have any local image inline preview because they only deal with text. And this is the one example of the custom stuff that Ulysses does when it comes to Markdown, but there are also other examples, such as usually in a text editor, whether it's editorial or run writer on iOS, for example, even Byword, um, when when you add a link to a document or when you add a footnote to a document, you see the full syntax in line. You see the HTTP link, for example, you see the multi-markdown syntax for the footnote. But in Ulysses, you get this um, inline, I don't know how you call them, maybe inline buttons, inline... Yeah, it's kind of like a sort of bubbly effect, isn't sort it? Of it's like a, a like rounded a, rectangle around yeah, the text that you've sort of highlighted. L- yeah, like a little tag inside the text yeah. that only says uh, either image or link or fn for footnote and it can also be an inline link so you select a word or you select a sentence and you make it a link and the reason that Ulysses adopts this uh, design is that you can double tap these buttons to reveal the text of a footnote or to reveal the link uh, the url behind a markdown link it's a very different way of dealing with a markdown formatting and markdown links than most text editors and that's why a lot of people when they look at Ulysses they go like oh, I really uh, don't want to use this because I'm used to plain text I'm used to the usual to the basic markdown and that was also possibly my reaction last year when Ulysses uh, came out on the iPad and for years I had been using editorial and one writer on iOS to publish all of the articles on Mac stories 
and Ulysses looked really different, and it looked, uh, in a way, sort of proprietary. You know, like this kind of syntax. I'm afraid it's all. It's always gonna only gonna work in Ulysses. I'm not sure if this is portable enough. That's not a concern. We're also gonna get to that later. But at a glance, it looks really different. So in addition to images and this custom way of presenting uh, links and other inline content, sheets can also contain stuff like notes, for example. You can add a comment to a document. You can add keywords, which are basically tags. Um, you, you can have all this custom information alongside the main document you're working on. And then later, you can export these with a Thanks to the text bundle format, you can also import stuff from other apps. And it's a very powerful way of dealing with markdown and dealing with inline attachments that I think truly makes uh, makes Ulysses stand out from, from you know, most uh, markdown editors. Yeah, I think it um, is one of these things where, depending on what kind of content you write, you may or may not be affected by seeing these additions to your markdown. I mean, I, I tend to write in Ulysses with a very kind of here's heading one and a paragraph and here's heading two and a paragraph and a bullet list. And that's, that's about as far as I go. So I tend not to see those particularly. I don't even tend to write with links particularly because I, I tend to be writing for other purposes than the web. Uh, and it's important to remember, I think that Ulysses is not necessarily just a web text editor. Um, writing in Markdown is good for all kinds of things. And we'll talk in a little bit about exporting from Ulysses to other formats. Uh, but I think Federico, we should probably talk about the organization that Ulysses puts around these individual sheets as well. Yeah. Because if, if people are used to uh, basic uh, apps, maybe like OneWriter, where you've just got a list of files and you open one and you edit it and you save it, uh, Ulysses actually has a ton more power. And again, it's when you first look at it, it's quite deceptive that you you don't see the possibilities that are there. And I think it's always interesting, the, these kinds of apps. I think OmniFocus is another app like that, where it looks quite simple, but once you start to build your own structure inside it, that's where all the power starts yeah. to come out. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, you mentioned the sheet as the sort of fundamental object of, of the Ulysses library. And that is true. You, can, you could use Ulysses like those other apps where you just create sheet after sheet and you write in them and you treat in your mind you say a sheet is a file, a file is a sheet, we're done. But in addition to uh, the text content, as you said, the sheet can also have keywords associated with it, notes, images and things like that. But you can also have a goal as well. And this is where it gets, starts to get fun. If you're a writer, um, you start to write and Ulysses will count up. You can set a target for the number of words, paragraphs, whatever you want. And Ulysses will sort of track your progress as well. Uh, and, and it'll show you when you're getting close to it, when you've matched it, when you've exceeded it and so on. Uh, so that's another thing you can do with sheets. But the real power starts to come when you work with groups in Ulysses. And a group is defined as a collection of one or more sheets or other groups. So you can nest groups one inside the other, and every group has a name, an icon, and a parent group. Now, you can have groups at the top level, and for them, the parent group is just iCloud, and Ulysses syncs very well through iCloud Drive. Uh, but you can also place a group into another group. Now, just as an example, Federico, I tend to use Ulysses to write courses for school, uh, and eventually those that text makes its way into something like iTunes U, usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what I would do there with groups is I, I would make one group for the course and then subgroups for the individual themes or sometimes I write a course based on individual weeks in the year and I'd write, you know, week one and that's a group. And then say there, there might be two or three lessons depending on how many lessons I would have that, that week in, in the calendar. So 
that's that's one way that I use groups and you can think of all different kinds of ways to use groups as well. I mentioned goals for sheets. Uh, groups can also have goals and then every sheet that exists inside the group contributes to the goal. So if you've got a goal of 10,000 words and you've got 10 sheets in there, if every sheet has 1,000 words, you're going to meet your goal because they're all going to be aggregated together. But a target can be based on a lot of metrics. And this is something that Ulysses is really strong at, is measuring your work in lots of different ways. You can set a target based on a count of characters, words, sentences, paragraphs, lines, pages, any kind of structure that you want. But this is two of my favorite things is the reading time. There's a fast, slow and average reading time. And then there's a reading aloud time as well. This is quite good when you're, if you're writing a speech, for example, or a presentation or something like that. Um, you would, you it will tell you how long will it take somebody to read this out at an average speed. Uh, and that's quite fun as well, you see. If I've only got half an hour, let me write something and you can sort of track your progress towards half an hour's worth of, of speaking time as yeah. well. I yeah, find that really I useful. I should use that feature more. Um, I never really got into the idea of goals uh, based on the on word count and stuff like that, but it's yeah. one of the features that I really want to explore uh, more in depth. Yeah. Yeah, I, I make heavy use of the reading aloud time. Uh, in fact, it's the only one I use, actually. I don't always use it, but when if I'm writing something that I'm going to say, it's a good way to get started with that. Um, and as I said... Um, the sheets inside a group contribute to the goal, but subgroups also contribute to the goal. So anything below the group contributes to the goal in the group as well. So that's one uh, one main feature of using groups. And then there's another kind of group, which is called in Ulysses a filter. But you can think of it, if you're used to, for example, smart mailboxes in mail on iOS, uh, sorry, not on iOS, <laughs> famously not on iOS, on Mac, uh, smart mailboxes or smart folders or something like that. A filter is essentially a smart group. It lives in the library, uh, either at the top level or inside another group, and it gathers sheets that meet the filter's criteria. So uh, a filter searches for matching sheets, and what happens is um, if a filter is inside a group, let's try and give a mental example of this. Let's say you've got a book and you put a filter inside that the group for that book, then any sheet anywhere in the book that matches the filter's criteria will show up in that section. But then if you have a subgroup for a chapter and you put the filter inside that chapter, then only the sheets that are inside that chapter will meet the filter's criteria. So the scope for the filter is basically its parent group and everything below it. Sometimes it's kind of unclear why you would want to do it that way, but it just helps you be clear about the scope of it. So that's that's where a filter fits in. Yeah, I I, I just I just wanted to say that I, that I love filters. Like, it's one of the features that I was uh, I was not certain that I wanted to use it at first, but I really got into this feature uh, a few months ago when I was setting up my. Again, my iOS review, just the scale of that project sort of forced me to explore the idea of filters. And uh, the, the way that I set it up was uh, I was basically treating filters like groups. And uh, I, was, I was using them to uh, monitor the, uh, the progress of my review. And based on uh, keywords, uh, which uh, you can assign to sheets, uh, I was essentially taking advantage of uh, the filters to go from draft to edited to uh, this document misses links and images 
to this document has also been sent to Mike for recording the audiobook. So it's sort of this the freedom that the filters give you. Uh, they allow you to split up your writing, for example, in multiple stages, in multiple steps. And the I wish there was a little more customization when it comes to the conditions that you can set for filters. But honestly, like this kind of setup was would have been impossible for me to have in any in any other text editor. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm, 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 as you're speaking there, I'm aware that I'm I'm describing my kind of way of using Ulysses, which is a very kind of here's a group, here's a subgroup, here's a sub subgroup. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a completely other way of working with Ulysses would be, oh, here's a bunch of sheets, and I'm going to pull out structure using tags or searches or something like that, and you could essentially use filters as, like you say, as groups as well. So uh, there's definitely more than one way to do this as well. Uh, a filter can, like you said, have multiple conditions and, and you can have, if you have two or more conditions, you can choose between it being an AND condition or an OR condition. In an AND condition, both have to be satisfied. In an OR condition, one or other has to be satisfied. And you could, for example, you could do something like um, you want to find sheets. If you're writing a book, for example, find sheets that have been modified this week and contain a specific character's name, for example. You could see the, the work you're doing on that character's story, for example. You said you wanted some more flexibility in the conditions, Federico. What's possible right now is that you can um, search for sheets that contain or do not contain certain strings of text. And what you can do with that is you can restrict the scope of those searches to certain parts of the document structure, such as headings or links or lists or something like that. You can search for something that has the word photos in the title, maybe only, but not in the body of the document, something like that. So if you were looking for sections of a review, for example, you could pull out the section headed this or that or the next thing. So that's quite, uh, quite a clever way of doing it but you can't use regular expressions in the search, as far as I could find anyway. Um, so that's something that could be improved in that. But the text search is roughly what you expect it to be with some scope as well. You can also search for keywords, as you mentioned. And the other one you can do is dates. So you can find uh, dates, uh, sheets that were created or modified uh, either older than a certain time period or after a certain time period. So you can, and you can combine any, any of those three in any different way you want. So um, that's that's what you can do with a filter. And there's all kinds of ways. And Federico, you've given some examples of how filters can work. And those are, uh, those are powerful examples. Uh, and I think uh, filters are something that are kind of like an advanced technique, I would say, in, in Ulysses. I certainly have only just started looking at filters and I've been using Ulysses for maybe a year and a half now. So it, it's something that uh, is there and it's doable uh, and it's very powerful once you get enough stuff in Ulysses. I think it's one of those things where you've got to have enough content in the, the application before you can really make use of filters to pull something out from what you've already done. Would you say that was a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly why I mentioned that for a large-scale project, I, I found filters to be necessary. And I, I think, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Ulysses, if you only work on like five documents, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have filters. But as someone who has, I would say, six to seven uh, regular groups with hundreds of sheets inside them, I want to use filters more, not just for these specific uh, big projects that I work on every year. I also want to incorporate them in my daily writing workflow. And the reason why I brought up the um, 
the problem of not having enough customization is that I would love to have more criteria in the conditions to check, uh, to create a filter. I would love to have stuff like show me documents that contain links or show me documents that contain mm. footnotes or show me documents that do not have local image attachments. You know, I would love to uh, use all these custom metadata, all these custom objects that can be contained within a sheet and to make those uh, criteria and to build conditions for filters. Uh, I would love to have that kind of stuff because, uh, you know, for the club and for Mac stories, we have these complex um, sheets that have a lot of um, uh, different data types going on, and it would be useful for me to be able to say, okay, show me the documents that I that I'm working on this week and that and that don't have the links yet, for example, or don't have screenshots, and uh, that would be super useful. But unfortunately, that's not possible as of now. Yeah, there are some other things you can do in the library that, as well. And of course, with iOS 11, drag and drop has come along to Ulysses as well. It used to be quite a, a this is one of these situations where I kind of get why drag and drop was invented because uh, the process of moving a sheet between two different groups was quite a kind of clunky task before. But now you could just pick up and drag a sheet and put it in another group. Um, and you can also use dragging to reorder sheets within a group. Um, Ulysses supports um, both date and title-based automatic sorting, but you can also manually order. And you can understand why that would be if you're using sheets um, to, to represent very small sections of a piece of writing. You might want to reorder sheets as a way of reorganizing the single piece that you're working on as well. And I think just in passing, Federico, that's a useful tip for using Ulysses is to don't think of a sheet as an individual document. I mean, I've, I've written things in Ulysses where I've made a separate sheet for every paragraph that I wrote. And then I reordered them based on the way I wanted to make the argument that I was writing about. Yeah, I, I don't do that, but I know that it's possible. I know that a lot of people tend to split up their um, their documents in like even individual sections. Uh, and they have like for a single article, for example, 10 different sheets. Um, as uh, I tend to write uh, in individual sheets, like unless it gets to 5,000 words, or, okay. you know, usually I tend yeah. to keep an individual sheet and uh, I just scroll and edit at the same time. I, mm-hmm. I would love to have stuff like um, header folding, you know, the, the feature yes. that is also possible, yeah. like an editorial, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. But also that that's not supporting Ulysses. But yes, I, I do... Uh, I've seen people that even just a couple of paragraphs in a single sheet and then they move on and they move on to the next sheet. Yeah, I always find for me, it, it depends very much on how much I understand what I'm writing about. And if I really understand it, I just write in a single sheet. But if, if I'm trying to kind of order my thoughts, I'll use a lot of sheets. And then there's a command that you can use later to merge multiple sheets yeah. together. Yeah. So what I tend to do is when I write that way, I will, when I'm done with the document, I'll merge it all into one sheet and I'll store it permanently as just a single sheet. I don't want to store, try and keep the order of 10 sheets or whatever together. Um, but um, I use uh, sheet merging to get a final document that I just keep forever after that. So you can also, you can also open um, external documents in Ulysses mm-hmm. using the uh, the open and edit in place feature of iOS, right? So this is just using Ulysses as the editor for a text file that you might have in iCloud Drive or Dropbox or something like that. Yeah. Without uh, having to bring it into the Ulysses library. Yeah, and you make the changes and then I think you tap on done or close and uh, the edits are, you know, are 
saved back into the original location and the document disappears from Ulysses. Um, so that's quite convenient. Uh, I know that some of my writers, they used to, uh, they used to uh, y uh, use... Um, IA writer on iOS to perform this kind of operation because in the UI the ability to open in place was uh, exposed uh, better I think but they had no idea that Ulysses offered support for open in place so when I told them uh, I was like look you can you can use Ulysses for this you don't need to have a, a second text editor just for open in place uh, they they were surprised and relieved because they you know, <laughs> we all use Ulysses MX stories yeah the reason for that is the external files item is hidden by default in the library I mean I only discovered it by writing the the notes for the show <laughs> um couple more tips, Federico, just about the library, uh, because we, we've described Ulysses as being quite a kind of minimalistic appearing application. And one of the reasons for that is in the library stuff, um, a lot of the commands are available on groups when you swipe from right to left or from left to right. And swiping from right to left exposes three different options. And this is where some of the power of, of export starts to come in. Uh, number one, you can go in there and you can edit the group settings. That's the same settings you used when you created the group. You can go in and edit them again. There's a thing called quick export in there where um, it, it begins Ulysses export process with all the sheets in that group. So this is a really nice way of thinking about your review or something. Like that. I imagine you did this quite a lot. You would swipe across, hit export on this group, and Ulysses would just select all the sheets in that group and export them, not the whole project you're working on, but just one section or something like that. Uh, quick export is a, a really nice thing to do because it saves you having to go and select all the sheets you want to export and then doing it. You just go export this group. And then there's a more button which lets you do things like make subgroups or filters, duplicate the group, share it, import documents into it and so on. Um, and if you're looking to use Ulysses with Workflow, which I think is maybe a whole show in itself, um, yeah. <laughs> some, this is where you get some of the identifiers that you need to put into Workflow scripts in order to get access to the sheet or the group in Workflow. Uh, so that's all hidden in there as well. And just last night, I discovered this new, not a new feature, but new to me, is that if you swipe from left to right on a group, there's a, a, an icon there that looks like an open file folder. And what that actually does is it's um, it's like the focus button and it hides everything else in your library right. and it makes it look like this group is the only group in your library. So it helps you focus down on just what you're working on right now. If you've used a, an outliner with a function called hoist, that's kind of a similar idea. OmniFocus on the Mac has a, has a function called focus that lets you just do exactly the same thing to an individual project in your OmniFocus database. And this is the same thing for Ulysses and you just repeat the action to get everything back again. So that's a sort of almost a hidden feature, but it's really useful to know about. Yeah. So if you have a lot of groups and sheets going on in Ulysses and you want to focus on an important project, for example, you can just uh, hit the icon and you will only see the stuff that you care about at the moment, which uh, also I don't do because I like to see all my all my custom icons for groups and to retain that sense of navigation. But uh, I've seen people do that and I think it's really useful. I imagine if you were like a, a book author or something and you were, you had all your books in Ulysses and, but there's yeah. one book you're working on right now, I can sort of see that, that as a nice way of dealing with the current project versus my archives as well. You know, and, and that's maybe a way you could organize that kind of thing as well. 
Federico, let me tell you about our sponsor for this show. This All episode right. of Canvas is brought to us by Balance Open. Balance Open is a free open source Mac app for checking Coinbase. Now, Coinbase is a popular marketplace for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Balance Open is the best open source digital wallet to help you keep track of everything. And if you're not familiar with that kind of stuff, that's okay. Many people are still not familiar with cryptocurrencies, but Balance want to help teach you about them. And they're going to do that by starting you on your way. The first thousand people that go to bal.money slash relay will receive $2 in the Ethereum currency for free as a gift from Balance. So go check it out today, find out more and try out Balance Open. Our thanks to Balance for their support of this show. And that URL again is bal.money slash relay. So now we get to the actual writing part of Ulysses. Yeah. Um, there's a variety of tools that you can use in Ulysses to uh, complement your typing experience and to control the kind of markdown-inspired formatting that you apply to a document. Um, all of these tools are, most of them at least, are uh, displayed alongside the bottom of the interface if you're using an external keyboard on the iPad, I assume. Uh, but on the iPhone and also when you're typing with the software keyboard, uh, they are... Uh, the, basically displayed at the top of the keyboard with this custom row um, uh, just above where you type and which makes it really convenient because you can you can type on the software keyboard and then you can tap the button and you open these menus and the first one is um, the I'm not sure what the name is but it's represented by this three line icon that brings up a popover on the iPad where you can find uh, shortcuts to control the headings of a document uh, where you can do stuff like comment blocks, for example. You can do uh, raw source uh, code blocks and you can also do code blocks. So you can have either raw text that is something that you do not want Ulysses to escape, for example, when you do the export and you want to keep it like, a, for example, slashes and custom characters that Ulysses tend tends to escape later, uh, you want to keep them as you type them, then you want to add a raw, uh, raw source block. But if you want to enter code, Ulysses doesn't have the, uh, the code syntax highlight uh, seen, for example, in apps like Bear, but it still allows you to mark a specific section as code. And that is controlled by the theme that you're currently using, which is a feature that we'll get to uh, in a few minutes. But depending on the style of the theme that you have, all these custom blocks will be displayed differently with a different color, uh, with a different formatting that makes them stand out uh, inside of a document. Uh, there's also another menu that is uh, indicated by the letter A. And this menu allows you to enter um, non-block-based uh, formatting. So stuff like links, footnotes, uh, images, all the, the custom inline buttons that we talked about before, you can enter them from this menu, which is possibly the menu that I'm opening um, the most, uh, you know, regularly when it comes to my writing in Ulysses. Mm -hmm. And there's also the ability to add comments and to add uh, code in line within a sentence. Um, also, all of these are syntax highlighted and they also respect the theme that you chose in the in the Ulysses uh, for Mac uh, where, it, where the app on the Mac is an actual theme editor but you can also download themes from uh, from a dedicated website um, and this menu here 
Also, it opens a popover, and when you tap on uh, features like uh, adding an inline image or adding an inline footnote, traditionally it uh, expands the sheet. It's a very strange effect for a markdown text editor, but it's sort of like... Do you remember, Fraser, the way that folders used to expand on the home screen before iOS 7? They sort yeah, of, sort just, of split the whole screen in half and then yeah, roll up and down. Yeah, kind of open the gap in the middle of the screen. And this is mm-hmm. what happens when you add a link to Ulysses in a way. It creates this opening in the middle where you can add, you can paste your URL, of course, but where you can also uh, type a description for an image or type a caption and stuff like that, which is really useful because it, it brings this sense of visual control to Markdown and to text editing on iOS that I've, I've never seen in any other traditional app that deals with plain text because they, you know, play, plain text and developers who make plain text uh, apps, they don't usually focus on these custom visual aspects. They, they want to prioritize the feeling of fully controlling plain text, whereas Ulysses yeah. takes a much more visual, integrated and custom approach. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that because I find with a lot of apps that try and do magic with Markdown that they just don't do quite enough to keep the illusion up. You know, you, you can put in a bulleted list item, but somehow you can accidentally like arrow backwards past the bullet and things like that. You can always you can always get in the end of weird stuff like that, whereas Ulysses kind of takes it to the next level. It says, okay, I'm going to have a custom interface for this thing and you'll deal with it this way. And then when we close it up, we control it and it's, it's very kind of self-consistent in that way. It's, it's not like you're writing raw text um, with support from the editor. You're actually writing, you know, you're working with a user interface really rather than just a text a text document. There's also good sh- good support for keyboard shortcuts. Um, you can do basic stuff like um, applying italics or bold to a document uh, with the standard com- uh, command I and command B. And that will not only... Uh, apply this, the correct markdown formatting, but you will also see an inline preview of the style within a document. So the actual do- the actual word will be italic or bold, which is a really nice visual effect, and it adds to the idea of bringing visual context to editing markdown on iOS with Ulysses. Um, if you hold down the command key on your keyboard, as always, you will see the cheat sheet with all the supported um, commands and labels for the commands, um, which, you know, I think if you're using the app in split view, if you're using uh, Ulysses in a, in a compact layout, this um, menu will be paginated because there's actually a lot of keyboard shortcuts, so you need to scroll to see them all. Um, I wish there was uh, support for, again, a little more here, uh, like there's no way that I know of to add an image to a document with a keyboard shortcut. So when I'm typing with the keyboard, I can do most of my editing uh, without touching the screen. But then if I want to add an image um, button to the to the document, if I want to add an image between paragraphs, for example, I need to reach out to the A menu and find the image button and tap the screen, uh, which is a, a tiny slowdown from my typing experience you know i need to take my hands off the keyboard but it's fine i just wish that you know i had that something extra um something that i want to mention that has been added over the i think over the past couple of months that has actually been brought over from the mac is the smart 
uh, smart paste feature, and this allows you to uh, intelligently paste uh, text that you copied from some other app on your iPhone or iPad, um, and it lets you paste. Uh, I mean, in addition to links. Uh, so by default, Ulysses, so if you copy a link from Safari and you go back to Ulysses and you select a word and then you hit paste, you will not enter your link in the sense that the URL that you paste will not replace the word you selected, but it will actually become a markdown inline link, which is super smart. Uh, and it's something that I do all the time. I copy a link from Safari, I select the word or the sentence that I want to turn into a link, and I just hit paste, and it works. But the smart paste, it lets you basically paste as. So you can paste as markdown. You can copy some markdown from a another text editor, or you can generate markdown with workflow, and then you can go into Ulysses, hit paste as markdown, and the app will do all the custom, uh, you know, all the custom adjustments behind the scenes, and you will get inline markdown again. So uh, this used to be a problem before uh, on iOS, when if you copied some markdown text and then you went into Ulysses and then just did the basic command V or paste, uh, it didn't work because it didn't keep all of the, from it didn't, you didn't keep all the formatting, but now it works. If you do, if you tap the screen, uh, the copy and paste menu comes up, and you tap action, and then you navigate into the menu and you tap paste as. There should be an option paste as markdown. If it recognizes markdown text from your clipboard, then it will work. And you can also paste as uh, raw source text or. I think even code. I'm not sure, but there's a uh, multiple options here, which is really useful. I think, and I also want to quickly mention drag and drop. Um, you can do. Uh, you mentioned moving, uh, moving between uh, sheets between groups, and which is really useful. Now, um, I find myself doing the multi-select drag and drop all the time when I want to archive a bunch of sheets and move them into my archive group. I can tap and hold one, and then with another finger, I just tap, tap, tap to select multiple sheets, and I create a stack of sheets that I move into my archive group, which is really convenient and much, much better than doing the uh, manual multiple selection that I used to do before uh, iOS. 11. But um, you can now do things like uh, dropping text from another iPad app into Ulysses. I think you can also drop images, but you cannot do things like I'm holding a link and I want to select a word and drop the link on top of the word to make it a markdown link. That is not possible. And I think the problem is that uh, there's some issues in iOS 11 when it comes to text selection and drag and drop simultaneously because there's sort of a, like a, a conflict with the keyboard that of course is activated as soon as you select some text and also the fact that you're dragging an item over a text view. Uh, so that's not possible now. Um, and I would like to see more um, the ability to select to uh, start dragging a sheet from Ulysses and drop it somewhere else and have it be in multiple flavors. So have it be like a custom Ulysses format or maybe also a PDF version or a plain text version or a rich text version perhaps. And it would be useful to export sheets from Ulysses, drop them somewhere like a shelf app on iOS 11. There are plenty of those like Yoink or Work, Work Shelf or uh, Gladys. And it would be useful to have multiple flavors of these uh, Ulysses sheets so you can drop them you can inspect all the variations that are uh, embedded in the drag and drop framework and maybe export one of them uh, if you want to send maybe 
a sheet from Ulysses to mail as a PDF without doing the export as PDF, you know, all the manual process. It would be useful to have that kind of drag and drop. Um, finally, I want to I wanna mention search. Uh, which is really nicely done in Ulysses. You can do global search, so you can search for uh, words uh, across your entire Ulysses library. And when you tap on the search uh, button in the title bar at the top, you get this uh, on the iPad. You get this um, this model uh, window, I should say, that displays your uh, your recently modified documents. Then, if you start typing in the search bar, instantly uh, results are filtered down based on your query, and you get these blue highlights, um, which is really useful to, basically in seconds you can, the app is able to sift through like hundreds of sheets. I know because I have, I think, maybe 2,000 sheets in my okay. Ulysses library, wow. uh, and it's really, really fast on the iPad Pro, so that's impressive. You can also do in-document search. There's a search button and the, at the bottom um, or right above the keyboard if you're using the software keyboard. And you can do find and replace. You can uh, ignore case. You can you have some basic controls. You can replace a single word or you can repla replace all occurrences of a, of a query inside of a document. Uh, I, I use the search feature all the time. It's really well done. It's not as powerful maybe as a tutorial, you know, and the more, and I assume, BB Edit on the Mac, for example, but it gets the job done. There would be cool to be able to do some drag and drop stuff where you could maybe pick up three or four sheets and drop them on another sheet to merge them all together i think that would be a another nice feature for drag and drop yeah so we've kind of talked around about the possibility of uh, previewing and exporting stuff from ulysses but we haven't really dug into that yet and i think this is one of the things i love so much about Ulysses because I've used other applications in the past where you're working in a very highly custom format and then it's impossible to get clean export out and honestly Omni Outliner is one of those applications where it's great when you're in Omni Outliner but going to other applications is very very uh, difficult or it's very hard to get exactly what you want not true of Ulysses, right? Ulysses does an amazing job of uh, letting you export in a number of different uh, formats uh, and using as many themes as you could want to make. But basically, at the top level, you can select one or more sheets to export as a single document. Uh, we mentioned groups and subgroups earlier. You can you can start an export by swiping on a group in the library and hitting the export button, or you can manually select a, a certain set of sheets to be exported together. You can do it in a bunch of different formats, text and various subtypes of text, so plain text, rich text, markdown, and text bundle that you mentioned earlier, Federico. You can also export as an EPUB, and Ulysses will give you options to fill in some book metadata, such as the title, the author, and the cover image. And then you can do HTML, PDF, and Word as well. And all of these formats support uh, styles. So you mentioned themes before, Federico, and themes in Ulysses are um, the color and appearance of the markdown editor that you're typing in. Whereas styles are ways to style that content to export it into one of these other formats. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like CSS on the web, right? Style sheets on the web, where you've got some raw source code in on the web, it would be HTML. In Ulysses, it's Markdown. And then you have a set of rules for how a heading is represented visually in the export, how a paragraph is treated visually, how an, uh, a, a block is treated visually, or how a link is treated and so on. And 
There are some built in. Uh, you can download others. There's a website called the Ulysses Style Exchange. And if you have the Mac version, which if you're a subscriber to Ulysses now, uh, you of course get the Mac version for free along with your subscription. Uh, using the Mac version, you can actually edit the styles by hand to make it exactly what you want it to be. Uh, and the style sheet language that Ulysses uses is very close to, if not exactly the same as CSS. So if, you, if you've ever written CSS, the Ulysses style language will be very easy for you to pick up. Uh, and I've certainly um, played around with modifying some of the the built-in themes, and those themes sync across, right? So if you edit it on the Mac, you don't have to then sort of tediously export it from the Mac and then install it on your iPad and see how it goes there. They'll all sync across. So if you edit it on the Mac, it'll be synced to iOS and you can export from iOS with that uh, without any difficulty. So inside Ulysses, what you do is you, you export the current sheet or multiple sheets exported together, and Ulysses brings up an in-app preview. Uh, a little window pops up, and it shows you the finished document with all the colors and styles and fonts that you would apply to headings and paragraphs and so on. And then what you do is you have options through the share sheet to get that document to other destinations. So you could, if it's a Word export, you can open it in Word and iOS. If it's EPUB, you can take it to iBooks. Uh, or if it's PDF, you can take it to, well, you know, anywhere you can take a PDF on iOS, which is basically everywhere. So uh, that's the that's the preview and export process. I, I've always found it's it's been very valuable to spend a bit of time making sure that the way that you write and the way that you export kind of tie up together. That, so you eventually get to the point, I have this particular style that I use a lot. Now I kind of can see in my head what it's going to look like when I write the markdown because I know how that's going to behave when I export it. And getting familiar with that is, is really, really interesting. Um, there is also, Federico, you might know more about this than I do, there's a possibility to export to WordPress. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can actually use it as the front-end authoring tool for WordPress as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't use this feature uh, because I prefer, of course, to have my own workflow for of publishing course. to WordPress. Because uh, when I export from Ulysses, I I have this workflow that I think actually a bunch of uh, a bunch of bloggers use today because I I publish it on the site. Uh, it looks at the markdown uh, of a exported version of a sheet and it's able to automatically extract the title of a document, use it as a title in WordPress, and then it brings up this custom UI to assign a category or enter uh, multiple tags from your WordPress account. And I don't remember exactly why I was having uh, trouble with Ulysses' own um, publish to WordPress option, but I think it was because I couldn't have this kind of control over the process of being able to uh, to manually pick my own tags upon publishing a document. Um, there was I, I wanted something more. I wanted to have deeper control and to have this kind of automated workflow. But seriously, if you just have a WordPress blog and you don't have the kind of crazy requirements that I have, you should totally go ahead and use the native Ulysses um, action hmm. for WordPress because it's really well done. It just if you have if you're running, you know, if you're running a website with dozens of articles every single week, then maybe you want more control. But for everybody else, just use the built-in Ulysses action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean for me, Federico, one of the great strengths of Ulysses is that it genuinely scales up. You know, the this series is supposed to be about long form writing and you know in many cases repeated writing over a long period. And it genuinely scales up to huge numbers. I mean, you've you've said that you wrote most of your iOS 11 review in in Ulysses, and that's a substantial piece of work. You know, I I don't write 
individual pieces as long as that or anywhere near it, but I, I have multiple shorter pieces that I write um, and it scales up either way, you know, thousands of sheets or huge collections and, and I can handle exporting that very, very well. Um, I've always found the performance of Ulysses to be pretty strong, even under, you know, like you said, with searching, the load of looking through hundreds or thousands of objects. And sometimes an iOS apps can be a little bit weak in that area because um, there's still this mentality that you don't make very much in iOS, so we don't have to be careful that our search is fast or that we scale up to 10,000 files or something like that. Who's ever going to do that? Well, people are doing that now. Uh, so it's important, I think, for for apps that do make a, a good show of their performance to really be commended for that as well, particularly when we're talking about, you know, professional productivity on iOS. Yeah, and totally, I agree. Um, and the fact that you can go from just having a handful of documents to a couple of thousands and the app is able to um, scale up in that way and to retain simplicity but also allow you to hook it up to stuff like extensions, for example. Uh, I yeah. run so many workflows inside of Ulysses and that's because it's, you know, a lot of people... As I mentioned when we started the episode, I said a lot of people are put off by the custom stuff the Ulysses does when it comes to the markdown syntax. But the truth is that when you export, you see the standard basic plain text that you're used to. And it looks just like text edit on the Mac. It's plain text, it's markdown, it's multi-markdown actually because it's got footnotes. And because of that, I can do all kinds of automations. And in addition to that, before we wrap up the show, I also want to mention the built-in automation of Ulysses because they support uh, one of the, I would say, one of the most powerful libraries of X callback URL that I've seen on iOS. And there are also native actions in workflow for Ulysses. And you can do crazy things like appending text to documents by giving an ID of a specific sheet. You can open uh, specific groups you can add uh, images uh, to a sheet by generating a base 64 encoded data string that you pass over your scheme on your iPad, which is amazing. Uh, I have this workflow that I run every single week on Monday. And basically, it, it launches Ulysses, I would say, 30, 40 times in a matter of two minutes. So it does a little dance back and forth between workflow and Ulysses. But what it does is it takes my club Maxoris group in Ulysses, takes a look at all of the, uh, all of the sheets that I have. My club Maxoris sheets are formatted with a title that says Maxoris Weekly 102 Federico Workflow. It takes that number, which is the current issue of our newsletter, and then it talks to the to Dropbox and to the MailChimp API to figure out what the next issue is going to be. And basically, with a single tapping workflow, it opens Ulysses 20, 40 times, and it archives all of my old sheets from the previous week, and it regenerates them with a new number, but with the same title. So with just two minutes, I sit back and I watch Workflow and Ulysses talking to each other, and I end up with a fresh set of uh, Club Max Stories documents. Then I can start editing and make sure that you know they have the same title, the same you know formatting. Um, it's it's amazing. Uh, so a lot of a lot of automation you can do with Ulysses and Workflow together, and URL schemes and all kinds of other launchers on iOS. I need to mention you can pin. Uh, 
various types of uh, stats and work counts at the bottom of your document. Uh, I think it's in the bottom right now after the latest update to the app. Uh, you can toggle between work counts or sentence count or reading time, allowed reading time, which is re was really useful to me when I was writing my presentation for the release notes conference. I kept the allowed reading time uh, displayed in my Ulysses. That was really helpful to figure out the length of my talk. And you can share themes. I think you can only do this from the Mac, but I, I have my own theme, which is the Teachy theme, of course, uh, saved in my iCloud Drive. Uh, and finally, you can add custom fonts to Ulysses without on iOS without doing the stuff with custom certificates and any font, those kinds of utilities. Just take a font file, uh, like a TTF or an OTF, and just open in Ulysses. And Ulysses will see the file, it will install the custom font for you. I do all my writing with the Nitty typeface that I purchased on, I think from a website called Bold Monday. And I just needed to open three fonts in Ulysses and it took care of the process for me, which was amazing. Incredible. I mean, we could go on we all could, day we could, we could about go this on. application. We really could. <laughs> we, yeah. we could go on, yeah. yeah. Um, Ulysses is quite famously, and I, I don't really, I'm not really prepared to call it controversial because I don't really see it as controversial, uh, recently moved to a subscription model for its its service. And uh, I think, I hope that this show and, and the stuff we've left unsaid about Ulysses sort of justifies that a little bit. Like you see, we've talked for you know what, nearly an hour just about the high level overview of all the stuff you can do in Ulysses for writing. Um, and, and to me, uh, at the price they're asking for that yearly subscription, it's an absolute no brainer uh, that that application is going to be on my dock on every device that I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. You For that, you get the iPad app, you get the iPhone app, you get the Mac app as well, which was a substantial price by itself. Now, I, when I started using Ulysses, I never had the Mac app because it was it was more than I wanted to pay for an app or a platform that I don't really use. But it has this great feature that you can edit the you can edit the export styles on the Mac version. So that's what I use it for now. That I export my styles there and use them on the, on the iPad. Um, but you get all of that. You get the whole system, cross-platform, syncing through iCloud, all that stuff for the subscription fee that they're asking. And uh, to me, that seems like a no-brainer for, for oh, yeah. what it can do for you. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I, I yeah. signed up right away. It was just like, this is the single app that makes all my writing possible. So like, yeah. of course yeah. I'm going to subscribe. Yeah. So seal of quality on that one, I think, for sure. So that's our show, our first of a, a couple of shows about long form apps for long form writing on iOS. Uh, we've looked at Ulysses today. It's one of the standout applications on iOS. It has been a, a popular application on the Mac for a long time as well. And now it's uh, it's here on iOS, it's here on the iPhone, and it's your writing everywhere. And it couldn't we couldn't recommend it more highly. It's it's an outstanding application. If you want to connect with the show, you can do that uh, through Twitter. Uh, you can go to underscore Canvas FM on Twitter. I'm Fraser Spears. Federico is Vitici. And you can find the show notes for this episode at relay.fm slash canvas. We'll speak to you all next time. <laughs>